Hello and welcome back to a Rig Saunders-led Bantam Unit podcast. I am never leaving this podcast again in the hands of Carl and Liam, because when I do, it results in me dogging or me doing silly things, but no. The dictatorship is back. I am ruling now with an iron fist, and Carl, you can attest to being reprimanded very badly, can't you? Yeah, I can, yeah. Um, I yeah. just want to say... I'm so glad to have you back, my lord and master. Thank you, Carl. Now, you might be thinking where Liam is. Liam's punishment is a bit severe. Um, He has been sent to his house uh, for a week of detention um, for his rude comments about my extracurricular activities. Um, I can safely say now, I do not go dogging because I follow the social distancing rules. You're a good boy, aren't you, Reece? I am a good boy. Boris, there was more than six people there. That's why I didn't go. So please forgive me. <laughs> when I got there, there was five. And then Stan Collymore appeared and Ulrika Johnson and others. <laughs> but no, no, I, I, I categorically do not go dogging. I walk dogs, but I do not engage in the other way that people dogging take dogging. But... We are here, as always, to talk about this week's uh, this weekend's fixtures in the Premier League. It isn't slowing down, Carl, is it? I mean, th- this was it, compared to what other weeks have been in the Premier League. This was less of a goal fest, but the standard of football was still very good. Hmm. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, well, very good for some of the matches. Anyway, one of the matches I watched, I, I wasn't overly impressed. I'll have be honest, but we shall get to that in due course. I wonder what that match could be, but we start on Friday. Unbeaten Aston Villa taking on promoted Leeds United at Villa Park. Leeds running out 3-0 winners and a a 19-minute hat-trick by Patrick Bamford. Um, Incredible. Incredible by Leeds. Again, Bielsa's football is just... He's tucked to the Premier League like a duck takes the water. It's incredible to see. It's amazing. And you just cannot predict this season. Just when you think a team is doing really well like Villa, they'll just lose all of a sudden to a team that's not, you know, not been doing particularly well. I mean, they started well enough, but um, they perhaps went off the boil a little bit the last couple of matches. And then out of the blue, here we go, Patrick Bamford. And yeah, they uh, thrash Aston Villa 3-0, handed them their first defeat. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, it's nice to see Bamford's found his feet. I mean, last season he was average in the Championship, but now this season he looks he looks finally like a Premier League strike. He's had his mm. chances at Chelsea and Middlesbrough, and now he's got his. Now it feels like he's he's got his chance with Leeds. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that Villa didn't play bad. Villa didn't play bad at all. They, 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 first half, they had the better of the chances. Ollie Watkins um, had the best chance, should have really scored it. Um, but he, 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 he wasn't, he, he wasn't a, a good chance. And also uh, Grealish as well should have scored, but um, a good save by the goalkeeper, Meselier. Good goalkeeper. I think great signing as well. Absolute cheap. Keeping, yeah. keeping the team. And then, Villa also had two gr- big chances in the second half. Um, Grealish with a fantastic solo run. How Gareth Southgate doesn't see Jack Grealish as a starter for England baffles me. Baffles I mean, me. They seem to be um, sort of uh, punishing is the right word, but leaving out the, the guys that have been into trouble for breaching um, lockdown and social distancing, though, don't they? True, true. I mean, uh, Greenwood and Foe, but then Greenwood's been told off by uh, Manchester United recently uh, for his conduct. So well, apparently, but Ali says that's all rubbish. So you just don't uh, know. No, true. But then uh, Leeds just took the lead. The counter attack, fantastic ball. Um, but yeah, Bamford was in the right place at the right time. Proper poacher's goal, and then he sc- uh, said so he scored a a nineteen minute hat trick. Um, I know it's a bit early to say, but do you think Bamford could be a shoe-in for the Euros? Maybe if he keeps his form going, because he, he has had a good start to the season. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of competition up front at the moment with um, Calvert-Lewin, Greenwood, Rashford. Started to show 
There's four McGam, Kane. Yeah. yeah, there's quite a lot of options um, up front for England. So uh, I think he could find it quite tricky. But you never know. Someone gets injured or he continues and gets better and better. He might, you know, he might put himself in a position he has to play. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, it's so weird that England having a depth in uh, each position. Because, I mean, for years we had to rely on the same core group of players, but now, yeah. Um, it feels like we've got, we've got an abundance of fullbacks, we've got uh, an abundance of midfielders, some great strikers coming through. So maybe, I mean, this is an exciting time for England football. But uh, before we, we move on from this game, just some stats. Uh, Leeds, we move them into third position, their highest position at the end of the day in a division since uh, 2002. Wow. Uh, this Villa's first defeat in nine Premier League games. And Patrick Bamford has scored six six goals in Leeds' first six league matches this season. Only one man has done that before, and that man was Eric Cantona in 92 and 93. There you go. Up there with a real legend. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we need to call that segment Saunders' stat attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. It runs off the tongue. Oh, it does. Um, so we move, <laughs> we move on to the Saturday's game. We'll, we'll start with the early kickoff. Uh, West Ham against Man City at the London Stadium. West Ham holding City to a 1 1 draw. Mikel Antonio scoring in the 18th minute for Phil Foden, rescuing a point for City in the 51st minute, coming off the bench uh, to do it. I just want to say this goal of the weekend, surely, Antonio. Yeah, I've not seen it, unfortunately, but I've heard it was. A really good goal. He, he's a really good player when he's um, switched on, Antonio. He got is. four goals in, in a game um, last season. Yeah, I think it was against Norwich. Mm. Uh, in fact, yeah, I, I really agree. Fantastic player on his day. I mean, he, if he was on his day regularly, I think he would be playing for a bigger team than West Ham. No, no offence to West Ham, but um, Antonio... He, he could... He's not super consistent, is he? He's, he's no. He's not scoring all the time. It's every year. It just seems to be here and there somehow. Yeah, and also his age. I think age. I think it was thirty-one. I think I'm not too sure in saying that. But eighteen minutes, a fantastic overhead kick. Um, there was a VAR check against Suchek for a handball. It was cleared, and he scored. But Foden, um, yeah, a very well taken strike. Um, he replaced Aguero at half-time. Aguero has been ruled out for the next two weeks uh, by Aguero. said the injury's picked up, so that that possibly rules him out the Liverpool game coming up as well. So that, that that's, mm, a, that's a big piece for them. But yeah. because I feel with City, I think when they when they when the core's gone, i.e. Aguero, De Bruyne is not playing particularly well at the moment. It feels like City are in a, a transition period, which is a really weird thing to say about um, Man City. Because the players they've got, they should not be in a transition period. Yeah, something's not quite right at City. It's not quite clicking somehow. I mean, they've only got eight points, the 13th in the league. Um, you'd have thought they'd be doing a lot better. They're drawing and losing games. They should be winning. I don't know if it's Missing the likes of David Silva, as you, as you say, when De Bruyne is not playing or not on form, they they seem to be quite they seem to be lost without him. It doesn't help when Aguero is not playing as well. They seem to lack um, a real cutting edge when Aguero is not um, up front for them. Yeah, so, yeah it's um, it's not. It's I don't know. They, they look way off the pace to me and. How long do you stick with Pep? I mean, he was brought in to win the Champions League. He's been there a fair few seasons now. He's got nowhere near doing that. Um, I completely agree with you. I mean, I know he's got pedigree. I know he's got pedigree in that, but these clubs like City, they only have so much patience at the end of the day. Well, it's not just that Guardiola hasn't won the hasn't won the Champions League since leaving Barcelona. And uh, what what City have done is they've brought in the team that won them, that that Barcelona had all that success. So they brought Tixi uh, Berigastan, they brought him in um, as chief executive. Then they bring Guardiola in, and I think you know, oh, here we go. We've got the manager, we've got the, the we've got the team that could do it. And 
he hasn't performed. I mean, yes, granted, fantastic winning. He's won Premier League trophies. He's won FA Cups. He's won League Cups. But as you said, the big one is the Champions League. I mean, you look at it. It took Abramovich eight years to win the Champions League when he, he bought Chelsea in 2004, then mm. won it in 2012. Haven't won it since. Haven't come close to winning it since. But then City was bought in 2008. It's been 12 years since City have been owned by Sheikh Mansour. And the closest they've come was, I think they've got to the quarterfinals. And they've been absolutely dominated in those games. Now, yes. The things can be said about oh, there should be a break in the Premier League as there is in Germany and Spain, etc. But would that really benefit the Premier League? I don't think it would because they're still going to play all those games in a short space of time. So, yeah, I mean, part of the appeal of the Premier League is that Christmas period. A lot of a lot of um, views in other countries love it because um, their football is usually not happening, and we've got games coming. Thick and fast. It's one of the things the Premier yep. League is is known for. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just keep out of it. It's been like that for years, and clubs have managed to win Champions Leagues and stuff before. It's just excuses, basically. Liverpool, Liverpool got to back to back finals with the mm. with, with, with the Premier League schedule. So it, 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 it's it's not a void. I completely agree with you. Um, but uh, just a, just an interesting stat here. This was the first time in three years that Pep Guardiola went for an unchanged lineup. All right. Yeah, it says 172 games he's changed his lineup. So it says a lot about Guardiola. He's always like a tinkerer in that regard. But I mean, they dominate the possession early in the game, but then similar to Porto in the week, they defend themselves losing. Granted, it was a moment of brilliance. It was a fantastic, fantastic goal. Um, City, of course, moaning. Ooh, look at that ball. No, but um, th- th- this is a gr- another stat as well. Um, Antonio has got scored eleven goals in his last fifteen top-flight appearances, with only Harry Kane scoring more, which yeah, is twelve. Right. So uh, he-, he-, he is performing on that. Granted, four were against one team, but he's still performing. And also, got They've got Ben Rama coming through as well. He didn't make the bench. But they've still got that exciting play coming through. So you've got Antonio, Bowen, Ben Rama. That's a that's a very very exciting front three for me. Yeah, yeah, they've got potential there this time. Yeah, it just they've got a manager that is a mid-table manager, and I think if they granted they tried to do Pellegrini, Pellegrini with uh, pedigree of winning the uh, winning the winning La Liga with Real Madrid and winning uh, the Premier League with City, but. He didn't really work out for West Ham. He spent lots of money on players that just didn't gel. And now it feels like they've got a team there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am worried for City. I don't think City... I know it's very early on to say... I mean, they could go in a run from now to the end of the season where they absolutely dominate everybody. But I can't see City challenging for anything this season, really. Mm-hmm. Like you see, you can never rule them out completely, but um, I don't know, they're going to struggle. I mean, they haven't really improved that much, really, since um, last season where they were well short of Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, I just don't know. Do you think they put their eggs in the messy basket? I mean, they seemed quite sure they were going to land him at one point, didn't they? It's a, it's a good basket to put all your eggs in. But it it was never going to happen. Because they were never, ever, ever going to pay the release clause 700 million pay. Because let's be honest, he ain't worth it. Yeah? No man no, no man is worth 700 million quid. Yeah? It's absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous that he's got that buy well, that's, that's why it's there, isn't it? Yeah. No one will pay it, basically. It's, it's pathetic. Um, then you've got his wages because I mean, his wages I think he's on like half a million a week yeah which is again a ludicrous amount it's yeah crazy he gets, let, 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 he gets paid to kick a ball round that I could go and do for free in a park it, it just baffles me granted Messi's a hell of a lot I mean, I'm, I mean like I I'm like a microbe to how Messi's football talent is. 
However, it is baffling the money that just the money gets paid. But I, I think they go for him this summer because his contract's up. So I think in January there could be some business dealt there because they can talk to him in January. But will Guardiola be there at the end of the season? That's it. Because I think this is Guardiola's biggest ever test. And I've made a bold claim and said I don't rate Guardiola as a manager because, for me, he's walked into three of the best teams in the leagues. Barcelona, that team he had there, I could have gone and won what he won. Bayern Munich regressed under him. Yes, they won, they won treble, they won doubles in Germany, but they didn't win the Champions League. Where he took over, they just won the treble. And then he's come to City, and all he's really done is carried on the work of Mancini, Pellegrini, etc. by winning the league title. He hasn't, they haven't progressed for me. So if he's able to, is he, if he's able to pull it out of his arse, and they do really well, then yeah, I'll take back what I said. But I can't see him changing philosophy, even though I think teams now know how to play against Man City, just pressure them. And that's it. They've lost the calmness of David Silva. They've lost the presence of Vincent Company. De Bruyne just looks a shadow. And Aguero is so injury-prone, it's unbelievable. So that's four core players that gone. Yeah, it's... Um... Uh. It's uh, trouble times, and yeah, it's going to be a big test for Pep, as you say. I kind of agree. He's definitely a good manager, but is he a great manager? I mean, that Barcelona team was pretty much built by Frank Rijkaard, wasn't it? And yeah, you know, when you got players of the quality of Xavi, Iniesta, and Messi, I mean, my mum could have won uh, trophies of that. Football <laughs> <team>. <laughs> I like that. Uh... <laughs> But uh, just uh, just uh, sort of stat attack time. Man <laughs> City have won just eight points in their five Premier League games this season. Their lowest total at uh, this stage of the season since 14-15. Uh, Guardiola has never lost against West Ham in his career. Uh, Bill Bow and Burnley have he's faced them more often without losing. Uh, West Ham have lost just two of their last ten Premier League games, and. West Ham uh, manager David Moyes registered first point against Man City in the Premier League in 2013. Uh, indeed, prior to today's game, he'd lost the last seven against City in the top flight. So this was his first draw in seven games, basically his first point. Um, we move on now to um, the joke of the Premier League, Fulham against Crystal Palace. Fulham... Uh, losing again to one uh, Jairo Weideveld and Wilfred Zaha scoring in the first half across the Palace and Tom Kearney scoring in the 95th minute a late, late consolation but a red card to um, for Fulham Kamara being sent off in the 88th minute Wilfred Zaha just again being a talisman of Crystal Palace um, created a goal and I said scored one it was such an easy, easy afternoon for Crystal Palace. They never, they never were, were, were troubled. Um, and Fulham's wait for a first Premier League win the season goes on. I think Scott, Scott Parker could be the first manager to go. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Fulham looked dead certs to get. I know it's early days, but Fulham looked dead certs to get relegated at the moment. And Crystal Palace did so well to keep hold of Wilfred Zaha. Uh, he's such an integral part of that team, and they've always got a chance of winning when you've got a player like of his calibre in your side. Zaha feels for me like Letitia was to Southampton. Mm. Like you, you knew you, you, you give the ball to him, and you knew something. You knew something could happen. So, I mean, Letizia yeah. scored absolutely beautiful goals and he was integral to that Southampton team, like Zaha is to this Crystal Palace team. I think if Zaha went, I can't, I don't see anybody in that Palace team that could take that mantle up. No, and I don't know if it's his price tag that puts clubs off or the, the fact that he flopped at United that puts them up. I think he was very unfortunate at Man United. He never got a fair crack of the whip. He was bought by Fergie. 
um, in January, and then Fergie decided to retire. And then Moyes came in and just didn't seem to fancy him for whatever reason. It's worked out. It's worked out in Zaha's favour the fact he's managed to go back to the Palace, mm. rebuild his career, and show that Moyes was wrong in that regard. Because I think Man United could actually do with a Wilfred Zaha right now. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. But as you said, Fulham are doomed for me. They just look. Absolutely shocking. Scott Parker just looks like a school teacher out of his depth. Um, I mean that in the nicest way possible. Um, Tony Khan is the worst chief executive ever of a football club. Um, not because he runs a shithole of a wrestling company, but you know. <laughs> I mean, there are some managers that are, you know, good in the championship, but, you know, in the Premier League. It doesn't quite click. I mean, I remember when Keane took over at Sunderland and took him into the Premier League and he seemed quite adept in the Championship. But um, in the Premier League, um, Keane seemed to get found out and he was dismissed, wasn't he, in quite short order. It didn't quite work for him. Some managers just have their... You know, same with players. Some managers just have their level, don't they? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, Neil Warnock shrugs to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he is a fantastic manager in um, championship level, but when it comes to Premier League, he's, he's, he's okay. Um, Steve Bruce as well, let's be honest. Steve Bruce, yes, he's okay. Yes, he's at Newcastle, but he's got he's got the most promotions out of the championship. Bruce so, you know. is one of those that you'll have a few good seasons at a club, um, he'll do well. He'll do really well for like two or three seasons, and then it—I don't know what it is. It just starts falling apart after four or five seasons, doesn't it? For some for some bizarre reason. Mm, completely agree. Completely agree. Like Mourinho with his third season, it—they—they they just seem to get so <laughs> far. They just seem to get so far as a team, and they start going backwards. I think because Mourinho has got the biggest ego mm. of any but every any manager ever, where Steve Bruce has a nose like a. No, I can't say that one. <laughs> I can't be mean. But at the moment, like, I think Bruce is doing a, a decent job at Newcastle, so it's you know it's hard to fault yeah. him at the minute. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you for that one. Um, just some stats here: um, Fulham's Hall of one point after their first six games. It's a worst end return in the top flight at this stage. Uh, Palace have won three consecutive league matches against Fulham for the first time since uh, 1930 when you were born. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that was me. Oh, no. Um, uh, Crystal Palace directed 10 shots at target in the game. The most have managed... In an away game in, since uh, 2018, which was also against Fulham. This was 10. Now, Carl, I'll let you run with this one. Manchester United versus Chelsea. The floor is yours. Well, to be honest, I fell asleep during this match because it was just <laughs> so boring. So I couldn't say much about it. No, this was um, a strange match. As both teams seemed scared to death to really go for it. Um... Nobody seemed to play particularly well, apart from maybe apart from the defenders. But yeah, it was a strange match. Nobody looked. I don't think Chelsea and Man United ever really looked like scoring. Yeah. No. Um, I think with the team we put out with Martial missing, um, we, even though he seems to do absolutely nothing in matches, and he seems to be sticking with Dan James, um, I thought we might be there for the taking. But Chelsea never really went for it. Well, they just look absolutely shocking. I mean, of all the attacking talent that Chelsea have all and all that, they are still shit. Um, I mean, it's, it's two managers that, for me, should not be in the job they've got. Um, I think Man United and Chelsea are two bigger clubs for both of these managers. Um, and I think these two could be on the chopping block later on in the season. I really do. Lampard just looks out of ideas already. Ollie, um, well, what, what more can we say about Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer? 
that hasn't been said. I, I do want to ask you a question, though, Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick, Patrice ever picked up on this as well uh, when he was doing his coverage. What the hell was the point in signing Donny van der Beek? I don't know. I don't know if it was a, a board decision and Ollie didn't really want him or he's not quite lighting things up in... Um training but I mean the first couple of matches when he came on as a substitute he looked sharp and decent enough so I, I don't know I mean you'd have to ask Ollie going to tell I'm not too sure what's going on there I mean unless there was a long term plan with him but I don't know I all I can think I honestly couldn't <laughs> I honestly don't know no, no, no it's pathetic I mean, all I can think of is Van der Beek came onto him in the showers and he wasn't going for it. Um, he's underperforming in training. He doesn't want to play for Man United and all that stuff. But it just baffles me. He spent £34 million on the midfielder who is better than Fred, better than McTominay, and you don't play him. Shocking. Uh, but I, would, I do want to say this. I think Cavani had a good, uh, he, he had a good um, debut. Went closest for you. Um, should have should have really scored. Yeah, he looked surprisingly sharp. Actually, I was, you know, reasonably Im- impressed. Um, I think to be fair, Ali was went with Fred and McTominay because they're a bit more defensive, and he was, you know, we have been leaking goals recently in the Premier League, especially our last home match where we let in six. So I think perhaps it was more of a tactical switch in this match. You know. Uh, Tactical selection in this match, but yeah. I still agree. I still, I still think you know there's been games where Donny Van der Beek could have could have started or at least played a good part. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, and one more thing. Um, to be fair, thirty-four million isn't a lot of money to a club like Man United these days. Um, nah, you consider what sort of cash gets thrown around. I mean that's. That's like buying a five million striker these days, isn't it? Let's be honest. So yeah, maybe he's just bedding in and he'll get more games. I I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. Um, just one more thing though about this game. Um, what was Harry Maguire doing to Aspilicueta? Uh, I've no idea. Perhaps he's trying to put him in um that uh, that Lashley um. Submission old or something, I don't know. How the hell VAR didn't think that was a penalty baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. He's got him in a headlock. Man United at Old Trafford, um, really, that's the only explanation you need. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would have worked under Fergie, but under Solskjaer, it's like saying it's like Pulis at Stoke. Um, (laughs) But uh, just some stats before we move on from this absolutely shocking game. Uh, Man United have failed to win any of their first three home games in the league campaign since the 1972-73 season, uh, where Carl was a nipper. Um, One Chelsea have born in 1930, and I'm still a nipper in the 70s. <laughs> what happens what is Carl? You, do, you just age very slowly. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, Chelsea have kept their first Premier League clean sheet out of London since uh, 2018-19, which came against Leicester under Sarri, which is baffling. <laughs> and uh, Edouard Mendy became the first Chelsea goalkeeper to keep a clean sheet in both of his first Premier League games since Petr Cech. Mm. And Cavani became Man United's oldest Premier League debutant since Zlatan Ibrahimovic. What May United would do to get Zlatan Ibrahimovic right now? Yeah, he's still a fair player, isn't he? Not again today. Jack's actually back on the books for Chelsea, isn't he? I imagine yeah. it's only in case of a an absolute emergency, but still. I mean, it says a lot when you get Petr Cech out of retirement. Kepa must be sitting there going, "Oh no." <laughs> Oh, poor Kepper. Uh, but then we move on to the last game of Saturday, the low kickoff. Chelsea versus... Chelsea, you idiot. Liverpool versus Sheffield United. 
Um, Liverpool winning 2-1 at Anfield. Sheffield United taking the lead in the 13th minute through a Sanderberg penalty before Firmino and Jota scored the winner in the 64th minute. Um, Liverpool in this game, they looked... They do not look like the Liverpool of last season or the season no, before. No, they haven't. They haven't in... Um, well, since this season started, even, even before Van... Uh, Van Dyke's injury, um, they still haven't looked the um, as solid in defence as they did last season, have they at all? No. Yeah, some it's not quite clicking, but going back, you know, you, you know, you must be shy if Firmino scored against you. That's definitely <laughs> United. Oh, poor Sheffield United. Second season syndrome is hitting them hard, isn't it? Mm, it really um, is. Yeah, it is. Um, they took the lead after 13 minutes with VAR ruled Fabinho's foul on Oliver Burney. Was it just inside the box? So that's how they took the lead. So VAR working against Liverpool, which is shocking to hear. Yeah, maybe that's one of the reasons they're struggling. Perhaps their deal with VARs run out. <laughs> Um, but then a uh, great, great cross by Jordan Henderson. So underrated, Jordan Henderson is. Um, he, he crossed it in. Mane had a Mane headed it, saved by Ramsdale, but Firmino put, uh, headed it, scored. Do you know that was his third goal in his last 27 games for Liverpool? Who's this, sorry? That was Firmino's third goal in 27 oh. games for Liverpool. I thought you meant Mane for a minute. I thought he scored more than that. Um, I didn't know that, but I know he hasn't scored very many recently. That's why I, I made my little jibe before. Oh, no, he, he deserved No, Carly deserves it. Um, but I tell you what, Sheffield United did play well after the break. They they threatened uh, Alisson returning from his injury, which is a big, big, big return for Liverpool. Mm. Um, but then... Jota scored his first Premier League goal for uh, for, for Liverpool. A header from Mane's again, another another great cross. Um, Liverpool, even though they haven't played particularly well, are second. Um, um, so I think why why we say Liverpool aren't playing well is the standard of football that Liverpool have played the last two years, and what it feels like it it feels like Klopp's time at Dortmund. So, 2011-2012, Dortmund were incredible. They were unstoppable. Won the league twice. Then, that, I mean, granted, they did lose um, Goethe and players of that ilk. Mm. But they did regress. And is the same thing happening here at Liverpool? Are they regressing under Klopp? And I, I don't know. I think we see later on in the season. But it does, it does feel like they've took the foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean... I mean, they have looked pretty good still going forward at times, but that's only need to tie it up at the back. Whether people like the, the young guns like Robertson and Trent Trent are getting a bit big-headed and like these young English players tend to do, or British players, I should say. Robertson, Skyish, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, they were so solid at the back last season and this season they're leaking goals like there's no tomorrow. Do you know why? Because they've sold their rock in Dale Lovren. Mm. It's just that a lot with them. That must be it. Hello. Defender oh. of all time. Oh, what a player. Um, I do want to say this because I wasn't here to talk about the, the Van Dyke thing last week. I just want to say my little thing on it. Uh, Pickford, absolutely shocking uh, tackle. VAR, I understand why VAR wasn't used in that because it was off the Ball kind of thing. The ball was out of play. I do. I, I do think that um, Pickford should have got sent off, though, uh, regardless, because it was an absolutely horrific tackle. Um, and also to Memphis to pie on your T-shirt saying uh, Van Virgil, we're thinking of you. He has hurt his knee. He hasn't been killed. <laughs> yeah. Grow up. Stop fucking putting stupid messages on your T-shirts. Say, oh, Virgil, we're thinking of you. He's at home with his family, picking up 200 grand a week for doing fuck all. Yeah, it's not exactly... Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's not exactly dire straits, is it? Yeah. I mean, I mean granted, Liverpool have a record. Liverpool didn't do the T-shirt thing, which is funny, but I remember when they did the T-shirts for Luis Suarez, even though he's a mm. racist 
prick. Um, but yeah, Liverpool carrying on. Um, I do feel for Sheffield United this season, though. Um, they just look. I think Henderson is such a such a big loss for them at the back. So commanding in that that, that position, and also the defence had two years with him as well, so they learned how mm. he played. It's gone. Um, I just hope that that they're able to to pick up that the form that they showed last season. I think Sheffield United were a, were a great addition to the Premier League last year. Yeah, but they they do kind of, and we saw it at the end of uh, the, the sort of the restart of last season after lockdown. They see, yeah. seem to run out of steam a little bit, don't they? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, just some stats before we, we move on. Uh, Liverpool have won four consecutive Premier League games at Sheffield United by an accurate score of 9-1. Uh, they extend their beat run at Anfield to 62 games, um, winning 51, drawing 11. Uh, they are Sheffield United winless in, the, in nine Premier League games, the longest uh, run of any side in the competition. And Liverpool have scored 14 goals in their first six Premier League games this season. It took the 15 league games to ship the same amount, sorry, conceded 14 goals. So it took the 15 games to ship the same amount in 2020. So defensively, they are leaking, but they're still second at the table. And we move on to these games. Uh, we start with Southampton with a, a shock win over uh, the league leaders, Everton. Um, a tuna win at St. Mary's. This is what what you meant early by it's shocking that anybody could be anybody because Everton have just looked so imperious recently, and they've now yeah yeah Southampton haven't looked that terrific. I mean, there's some okay games here and there, but not look like world beaters. And uh, yeah, to beat Everton, who've been playing um, brilliantly, whether. Remember James Rodriguez on his full self because he'd, um, he'd missed a lot of training sessions and only just made the starting lineup. So, the, you know, he's been very important to that Everton team. So, whether that had something to do with it, perhaps. Yeah, and over Charleston as well. Which um, mm. Charleston is a big miss because that's go with. Uh, Alex Iwobi, Luke, Calvert Lewin, and Rodriguez are front three. Sigurdsson, Alan, mm. and Torre as Got well. Card, didn't he? Uh, Richarlison's that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah against the Liverpool with that absolutely horrific tackle on Thiago. Um, Digne getting sent off at Everton. So, disciplinary Everton have looked, they're looking a bit iffy, but I think Southampton just played really well. Um, James Ward Prowse and Che Adams scoring the goals. Um, Everton just uh, they didn't look as sharp as they've looked um, yeah uh, well played by Southampton quietly going about in business they are they, they do sit sixth um, I mean Danny Ings again another good game he had for them but man the match for me was Redmond the stuff of the, 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 the highlights I saw of it and the, the, the bits I managed to watch Redmond Played really well. Redmond is another one of those players that on his day is so, so good. So good. But it's very rare that he starts those days. Um, But yeah, Everton, it's a setback, but I think they'll they'll bounce back. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, Ancelotti's top draw manager. So, um, and they've got. He's put a really good team together there, so um, I think that'll be all right. Yeah, uh, some words as well. They are going to appeal Digne's red card. Um, they thought it was a bit harsh that he got sent off. It was. I mean, it was a clumsy tackle. It wasn't. It wasn't necessary, but he didn't warrant a red card for me. Uh, but some stats before we move on. Everton have suffered their first defeat of the season, meaning this is the first English top-flight campaign. Since 1967-68, in which no sides were unbeaten through their first six matches. All right. Yep. Set up to the beat of the team, started the day top of the Premier League for the first time in 12 games. Uh, Everton conceded at least twice in four of their last five Premier League games. have done so in three straight league games for the first time since December 2019. The last time that happened, Marco Silva got sacked. I got a big sack of Chalotti. No, I mean, they're still top of the league, so yeah. I don't think they've got too much to worry about. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, then we move on to uh, Wolves versus Newcastle. Now, I'm going to admit I didn't really watch much of this game. I, I saw some highlights. No. Just uh, Jacob Murphy's fantastic free kick. Um, it was it was a dull first half. Um, it was it was even. Both teams really cancelled each other out. But Wolves dominate the second half, and Raul Jimenez scoring in the 80th minute. Uh, with a, a great goal, thunderbolt, got a thundered goal, just absolutely belted it. But then Murphy uh, curling the free kick, and yeah, um, uh, a good goal by them. Uh, Wolves uh, moving to seventh with this point, while Newcastle remaining 14th. Um, Jacob Murphy, man, the match, he played really, really well, so took his free kick really well. Uh, so Maximan had another great game, which is on. It's just every week he has a good game. Um, I can see clubs sniffing around him in January. Yeah, he's a decent player, isn't he? Yeah, uh, just some stats from this: seventy-three uh, percent of the Premier League matches between Wolves and Newcastle have ended in draws, and all eleven Premier League games between Wolves and Newcastle have seen both sides score a goal. Make it the most played time in the competition in which neither side have kept a clean sheet. So, yeah, another great stat. Now we move on to the Sky Sports box office game, the game that he's yes. 14.95 for. He's not here because Jamie Vardy is having a party in his house. <laughs> Leicester City won, Arsenal nil. Arsenal crumbled. <laughs> Arsenal were just poor. Yeah, I mean, they've looked reasonably decent Arsenal um, this season, apart from losing to City, but, you know, that was to be expected. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, and Leicester, they've been very up and down, haven't they? Um, yeah. Winning, seems to be winning away and losing at home just at the minute. Yeah, let's not talk about their win away for the first game of the season, please, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Vardy, uh, uh, Vardy scoring with 10 minutes to go. Uh, it's the first time Leicester have beat Arsenal at uh, Arsenal's ground since 1973, and it was their first attempt at goal as well, uh, which is just absolutely <laughs> killer. Uh, Lacazette did have a goal ruled off offside. Bamiang and him have just been firing, they were firing a lot of chances wide. Bamiang hasn't scored a goal since signing this contract to the Premier League, which is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Arsenal's third defeat of the season, no. Um, they just, yeah, they just look lacklustre. Uh, but this was Brendan Rodgers' 300th win of his managerial career. All right, well done, Brendan Rodgers. Mm-hmm. To some Celtic fans, he's not known as that, he's called the Rat, which is brilliant. <laughs> um, but yeah, Arsenal, they. they yeah, they, they looked to have got to the paper start. I said, Lacazette's uh, heading in the goal after four minutes, but uh, offside flag, and it was for Jacker and a Bamiang interfere with play, but they didn't touch the ball. But the, re- the, the offside rule means, yeah, you are, even though you're not interfering, you are offside. Uh, Partey, yeah, Partey looked good. He had a really good debut in the week against Dave. I don't know what team they played, but he said the team's Dave. Some Eastern European team that I can't pronounce. <laughs> so, Dave. I'm not going to try either. <laughs> uh, but Jamie Vardy, uh, as I said, having a party at the Emirates. No man has scored more goals at the Emirates against Arsenal than Jamie Vardy. Which is, it's his house. It's his house. But that was Arsenal's first Premier League home defeat of 2020. Uh, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a good run to go on from, I mean, granted we didn't play for three months of the season, but three months of this year, but that's still a good, that's still an impressive stat. Uh, as I said, Vardy scored five goals at the Emirates, uh, more than uh, any other player. And Jamie Vardy has scored 11 goals in 12 Premier League games against Arsenal. Only Wayne Rooney has scored more. And this is Aubameyang's, Biggest drought since November 2014 while he was at um, Russia Dortmund. Who's that? Sorry, Bamiang. That's Bamiang's first. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, Are they out. still playing him on the on the um, on the, on wide? Because I noticed uh, the first few matches I watched, they were playing Lacazette 
through the middle and Abiyang um, sort yeah. of wide, which might be why he's struggling to find the back of the net a bit. Well, he's played there most of his time at Arsenal, so they've got the, the front three for Arsenal at the moment: Saka, Lacazette, and Abamyang. I think Lacazette's better through the middle than Abamyang because he can do the he can do the the, the, the dirty work instead of holding the ball up and drawing defenders out. So that where Abamyang's more, but based on pace of his game, like Abamyang needs to be on the last defender to run at them. And you would think with the eight with the defence of Fuchs, Evans, and um, oh, the last name escapes me. Uh, Fuchs, who is about thirty nine, Evans, and Fafani would think that he'd have much, uh, he'd have luck with that. But no, we didn't. Arsenal third defeat of the season already, but. Um, Leicester, as you said, on and off consistent. If they could put their form in at home, I think they could have a. I think they could have a very good season like they did last yeah. year. Um, now we move on to uh, Monday's games. Um, if you paid money for this, you're absolutely ridiculous. You are one really stupid person to pay fourteen ninety five to watch Brighton and Hove Albion versus West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> I mean, I hope nobody's speaking as a West Bromwich Albion fan. Because if the people if people are paying for these, they'll just keep rolling it out and have a pay per view match every week. You just know they will. But why West Brom? Why not put Tottenham on pay per view? <laughs> I don't know. They must have if they have certain deals um, with clubs because I think the revenue, you know, some of the revenues must be going to the clubs, is it not? What's what they're doing there? Because. <laughs> they're moaning that they're not, they, you know, they're missing out on a lot of revenue because the fans. Can't be let in. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, well, still, you know, we pay everything's a subscription fee these days. You have to pay for BT, you have to pay for Sky Sports, and then there's your yeah. Netflixes and Disney Pluses. Everything was a subscription, and then and there's all these extra added things where you got to pay for your UFC, you got to pay for some of your wrestling, you got to pay extra for your boxing, and now they're, you know. So, to make no mistake, this is a trial period. You know, they're using, yeah, they're bringing it to apparently help clubs with the coronavirus and everything. But believe you me, if enough people pay for it, they'll continue to roll it out. <laughs> I agree. Um, but, I mean, if you pay for West Brom versus Brighton, I'm a West Brom Jalbu fan. You silly. And also, Carl, I watch all of my UFC wrestling and football legally on Sky and BT. I do. Yes, I know you do, Reese. I do. I do <laughs> not use anything like that. I'm a good boy and I pay my subscriptions. Yes. Just want to get that out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, West Brom against Brighton. Uh, West Brom scoring two goals in this game. Jake Livermore with an own goal. Comical own goal. Ivanovic went to clear the ball, booted it into Jake Livermore's midriff, oh, and it went in. Yeah, I was so happy. Um, but I was even happier, Carl, in the 83rd minute. Carla Grant, uh, uh, deadline day signing from Huddersfield, scoring. We deserved it. We, we did deserve it. I think we had a fantastic second half. We just battled and got through it. Yes, we haven't won. Yes, we haven't won a game in. We haven't won a game this season, but. We drew three. Um, it feels like it's coming. It does feel yeah, like it's coming. It's not as dire as the likes of Fulham, but I still do worry for West Brom. You, you, you need to find a performance and a win somewhere soon because otherwise it becomes like a mental thing as, as yeah. much as anything. Completely agree. I mean, next week, I mean, the week side, so the, 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 yeah, this week coming up, we've got Fulham away. If we don't get a result of Fulham away, I do feel no. for us this season. I do, I do, I do have the fear there. Um, but oh, as I said, we played really well. I mean, I uh, feel like I say it every podcast, um, but the first few matches I watched you play, even against Everton, you played really well for um, the start of the match matches. But then, as soon as you can see that it, it all went pear shaped, it's like all the confidence drains out of the team or something. But at least this time, you did fight. You, you actually fought back, didn't you? And uh, 
learn to draw. So hopefully, yes, hopefully this is a, um, a turning, maybe a bit turning point. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Conor Gallagher looks like a fantastic signing from Chelsea on loan. He looks sharp. He looks good. As I said, it was, it was a game of two halves. First half, it was Brighton. And the second half, it was all the Albion. Um, um, we, there was a bit of stupid business that the Albion have done, and I'm not happy with it. We have, we've let uh, Armahead Hagazi uh, yeah, go on loan to Al Etihad. And it baffles me that our problem is defence, and we've let one of our better defenders go. Um, fantastic business by Westridge Albion uh, board because I'm so proud of them right now. Fucking pathetic. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of clubs. Um, well, see, it's not just United Danny Van der Beek. I, you know, a lot of clubs seem to make these very bizarre loans or transfers or whatever or deals. It's almost as if they're. They're playing FIFA with real-life football teams at times and doing transfers for the sake of it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It just felt it's madness right now, and I'm just—I was really annoyed today when I read that news. Um, just some words from Slaven Bilic, though. Um, he said it's a good point for the Albion. I agree with that. Uh, they were better in the first half. Uh, we were better in the second. Uh, we lack the quality, the bravery to hurt them more, but the second half was totally different. I completely agree with that. Very positive. He said, it's more than a point. We have to believe. We told the guys at halftime to believe and that we are good. In the second half, we played our football. And he was happy that Carl and Grant got the goal. So am I. It shows that he's, he is a player at this level that can play, that can play at this level as well. So I'm happy for that. Um, just, some, just some stats, though, before we move on. Uh, since the start of last season, no sign of benefit from more own goals than Brighton. They've got five alongside with uh, Tottenham. And Brighton kept just one clean sheet in their last 12 Premier League game, Premier League home games. And West Brom's Carlin Grant scored four goals in his last six away league games after they just won in his six before that. So I think Carlin Grant can be a big, big signing for the Albion. I hope that if he starts scoring his goals, I think we could kick on with him. And then the last game, uh, Burnley versus Tottenham. Yeah, Hugh Son scoring um, Tottenham. Tottenham frustrated in the first half, couldn't break down Burley, but in the 76th minute, Harry Kane and Son combined again um, to, to get the 1-0 win. Uh, this was the 29th time that Kane and Son have combined for a Premier League goal. Um, so, I mean, th- those two have got a fantastic understanding with each other. Um, so, yeah, um, Spurs just looked poor, but... They get the result out of the uh, Tottenham moving up to fifth in the Premier League table. Um, so yeah, that was the Monday. Game. That was all the games of the weekend. Uh, just go through the top. Just go through the league table. Uh, Everton top with 13 points, level with Liverpool. who was second. Aston Villa sit third with 12. Leicester fourth with uh, Leicester fourth with 12 as well. Tottenham fifth. Uh, with 11, and then the bottom five, and we'll do the bottom five. Fulham, bottom with one. Sheffield United with one point as well, 19th. Burnley as well, with one point. And then West Brom with three in 17th. And Brighton, five from 16, five in 16th place. So, um, six games in. It's still very early in the season. I think we can start looking at the league table when it's... Um, about January, February time, we'll start worrying then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just our closing topic before we leave, I think this is, it's a thing about, it's not really a topic, we're just going to say this. Uh, Marcus Rashford is a fantastic, fantastic human being. What he's doing right now for underprivileged children is incredible. Managed to convince how many councils and businesses and food places to provide free food for children during this October half term is commendable. And it shouldn't take a man, it shouldn't take a footballer to do this. It should be up to the government. The government have failed all these children. And to those MPs who voted against feeding children, uh, during this uh, this time, I hope you hang your heads in shame while you pocket your three and a half grand pay rise, you insufferable fucks. Yeah, that just shows you what politicians are. They're just self-serving uh, narcissists, basically. Yeah. I mean, I've got no time for any of them, any party or 
whatever. They're all they're all they're all cretins in my book. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But again, this is all about this is Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford. Um, well, he's a, he's and- an amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. He's just twenty two. I mean. Why no one stepped up to the plate before, I've no idea. But here he is, you know, going about his business on the pitch and then, yeah, helping kids get their meals. And he's not just organising it. He's, you know, he's going down to these shelters himself and handing out the meals himself. He's, you know, he's he's sort of digging in. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. And just one more thing, though, before we go... Um, before before we do our plugs, um, I do just want to mention this. I, I know it's a bit of a sad thing uh, to end on, but the young uh, Man City, ex-Man City player who unfortunately committed suicide, um, thoughts go out to his family and also um, to his, yeah, um, to all his family. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Whitson, um, age of 17, absolutely no age at all to be doing that. Um, and our thoughts with his family during all this time because it's shocking. But I do want to say that I wish clubs would do more for young players that are released because football's all they've known and to get released. I know it's a hard business, but um, I do wish they could do more because obviously this yeah, it has affected this this young man tragically. So, as I said, thoughts and prayers with his family. Yeah, and, you know, just speak to somebody, don't bottle things up. Um, there's yeah. numerous helplines, um, charities you can speak to. Um, you know, there are, you know, friends will band to you, but, you know, if you really are in need, you can, you know, you can open them, you can open up to people. People will listen. I always find um, women are good. You know, women are, you, you know, most people have got, girls that are friends that they're always um really good to talk to and, and they tend to listen more than tend to listen more than that to be a bit more sympathetic so you know as i say if there is no if you do feel there's no one there's plenty of helplines plenty of charities you know i work for a charity myself um so you know just reach out please just reach out there's, nothing's worth uh, killing yourself over I completely agree. Uh, what we'll do as well when this podcast goes out, I will put some, I'll put some websites and phone numbers down in the in the comment section. Of yeah. Please go and uh, look at them. And I know it's a somber topic to to end this podcast on, but I think it's something that needs to be addressed. Um, so yeah, um, please, well, Carson, please. Facts and statistics do say suicide is the biggest killer in young men. Um, it's yeah. just you know. It's, ridiculous you know it's not it's not tough on manly to bottle stuff up it's it really isn't speak to somebody yeah and it's more it's i'm not saying i'll be manly but it is more manly for you to admit that you have a problem keep it inside it's the worst you can do don't bottle it up as carl said let it out just anybody if anybody's feeling that way when they listen to this podcast please message us we will talk to you and everything like that regardless of who you are if we don't know you please don't be don't suffer alone um but yeah carl before we go do one do your plugs yeah you can find me at carl carlos underscore fire 80 at twitter and instagram i've now changed my instagram so it's in line with my twitter so i kept forgetting um you can find and New updated website um, where I've done a nice little article on Marcus Rashford. His playing, um, his short playing career. Um, score, did you, you know, you can find out that he scored on most of his debuts, surprisingly. Um, and his charity work. So you can find that at rogueopinions20.wordpress.com. Um, so please check that out. And you can find links um all over our um twitter as well at rogue underscore opinions for the website as well so there's no excuse get clicking yeah uh you can find me to our arsehole is 995 as i said i will put 
uh, myself. I'll put websites and phone numbers down in the comment section of the tweet when it goes out. Please don't be afraid to, to look at them. If you're feeling that way, talk to us. Um, but until next week, um, it's been a pleasure as always, Carl, talking to you about football and going through the fixtures. Uh, until next week, guys, uh, bye-bye. Yeah, bye.